listening to the podcast 82488. Ready to launch into the world one day, and now he was a bright, shining star up in the heaven somewhere. She liked to believe that he was watching her and always near, since he had been only a child when he died. And that was a selection from today's novel, Suspects, by Danielle Steele. Page 8. Her parents expected academic excellence from her and encouraged it. Her father greatly admired success in business. He had done all he could to assist her entrepreneurial dreams and help her make them a reality. She had spent more time in college working on her business plans for the future than making friends. Her relationship with a much older man who was considered a genius in luxury retail seemed tailor-made for her. Her parents were reserved and only mildly concerned by her relationship with Matthew initially, but they were supportive over time. Theo spoke adequate French when she and Matthew met. She studied diligently to improve it until she was fully fluent within a year for both business and social purposes, which made for a smooth transition when she moved to Paris for him. She had missed New York at first, but Paris rapidly became home, and now she preferred it. She was a devoted mother, often working from home brilliant at her own business, but she never merged with her husband's empire, despite his entreaties. She remained independent professionally, while still being a loving wife to him and a mother to their only child. She adored their son Axel, who was the joy of her life and her business was her passion. Her husband Matthew had been her mentor and best friend, and the marriage solid. Although strikingly beautiful, she had never looked at another man. It had all ended brutally a year earlier when Matthew was kidnapped with their son at their country chateau while Theo was in the city working. Both Matthew and Theo occasionally worked later than planned on Friday nights, in which case whatever parent was free would drive Axel to their chateau near Paris and the other would arrive later. Page 24. At 49, he had been in the Central Intelligence Agency for 19 years. His office was in an innocuous looking building in Manhattan that was a rebuilt warehouse on East 17th Street. And he had a fully secure computer set up at home for when he worked there so he could easily access any information he needed. He lived for his work, and he had no other life. His apartment looked like an office with bare walls and a minimum of second-hand furniture. It suited his bachelor existence. Like many top CIA agents, he had the perfect profile. Married to his job, no personal attachments, no family other than one sister, no encumbrances. He had done undercover work in Central and South America for the first 10 years with the CIA and then settled down at home in a spare bachelor pad 
in the Bowery. He was available 24-7 and didn't mind being called at any hour. Ray apologized as soon as Mike picked up. No worries. I'm still working. What can I do for you? Mike said, easily despite the late hour. I think we're okay, Ray said, sounding uncertain. We got a call from head of security at CDG in Paris. They got a flag on the computer on a first-class passenger. They're nervous now. Since we started sending flights back, they're being more careful. It sounds like this guy is some kind of businessman, maybe with some dubious connections, Russians. One of them may tie into the SVR in Russia. They seem to be growing a lot of spies in Russia these days. There's nothing else remarkable in the report about him. Nothing with Interpol. No direct to of that he can't enter the U.S. I just want to be sure I don't make a mistake and we wind up turning back the flight when they get to JFK if we don't have to. Page 88. Page 88 is clear. Page 188. She was going to dispose of Matthew's clothes, but she was planning to pull all of Axel's things into his room in Paris. Even if she never unpacked them, at least she would know they were there. It took her over an hour to pack up his room. All the mementos and the silly things he loved. His old favorite teddy bear, which he still slept with at 13, but pretended he didn't. He was just a boy, a little kid, and they had killed him. The police had said he hadn't suffered, and she hoped it was true. He had been shot in his father's arms, with Matthew trying to protect him. Then they had shot Matthew. The cruelty of it was beyond relief, and being in Axel's room now brought every moment of it back to her again. It was why she could never have kept the chateau, not with memories like this, like a stake in her heart. The room looked barren and empty when she had packed everything. She stood glancing around for a last time, wanting to be sure she hadn't missed anything. She had even packed his toothbrush and toothpaste. The bed had been stripped a year before, or she would have taken the sheets too, hoping to get some lingering scent of him on the pillow. But it was gone by then. She walked slowly down the stairs with a heavy heart, her memories trailing along behind her, and she went back to her own room. Feeling exhausted as she had last time, but this time she wasn't confused. Every memory was etched in exquisite agony. His voice, his smile, his laughter when they played together. She had taught him how to ride a bike, how to throw a baseball and a football, and Matthew had taught him how to swim. A whole little life ready to launch into the world one day, and now he was a bright, shining star up in the heaven somewhere. She liked to believe that he was watching her and always near, since he had been only a child when he died. The End 
Suspects by Danielle Steele. Throughout the fight literature, you will find a story that touches your soul. Please support the authors in this show by viewing the books on the website 82488.com. That's numbers 8, 